Welcome to episode 144, and if we got a deal for you today... Oh, it's a big deal. It is a big deal, the biggest deal. It's the deal. <laughs> no, I'm just like, how many times it's can the, I... It's the deal, the one <laughs> and the only. Deal. The deal. We're going to give you the deal on the deal. Oh, you better deal with it. I gotta say, I think this is probably the closest we've come to covering a quote-unquote local group. This uh, probably is, actually. Because of the Midnight Star connection also. Mm-hmm. and it, So if you don't know, Danielle and I live in Louisville, Kentucky, and that's where we record this show. So the deal who we're talking about today were formed in Cincinnati, Ohio, mm-hmm. um, but were kind of mentored, if you will, by, by Reggie Calloway of Midnight Star. Midnight Star formed at Kentucky State University, so they're a local group also. So I think this is the closest we've come to a... A local outfit on this show. I guess. I'm trying to think of any other local outfit that we would ever do on the show. And uh, that's, I don't think there yeah, would be Yeah, like one. as far as musicians who have blown up that are from here, I mean, it's basically My Morning Jacket and Joan Osborne. That's that's, that's pretty much yep, it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. Didn't like Days of the New have something for about 10 seconds? I don't know. I don't even know who that is. So uh, yeah, they sucked. We don't need and to then talk about v- it. There was VHS or beta. Remember them? Oh, I love VHS or beta. Yeah, that was just like the very mid 2000s. I, I like, fangirl out because they're, well, their like lead singer is now um, in the band for Jake Shears and they're here a lot. And the lead singer, I always fangirl out. I've never said anything to him, goes to my local bar a lot. And like, I just sit there and would be like, oh my God, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I want to bother you. Bryson Tiller. I forgot Bryson Tiller. He's, oh, he's I still had, don't know who he is. He's I had know. like legitimate Billboard hits though, so yeah, he's yeah. he's from Louisville, so he, whatever. I think he counts. Anyway, I don't know if his I don't know if his artistry is based here, but he's like he's from Louisville. I we, doubt it. we can definitely count him. Jesus. So yeah, today we're talking about the Deal, who are from Cincinnati, Ohio, mm-hmm. and uh, guarantee you've heard of at least two of their members. Absolutely, there were like six or seven of them. Um, as, the, as most of those old R and B kind of groups do, yes. there's just millions of them. So they formed in the early '80s, um, specifically 1981, I believe. Uh, in Cincinnati, and they they went by stage names. Um, D, Stick, Satin, and K.O. were four of the guys. And then uh, the other two who you've probably heard of are uh, Antonio Reed and Kenneth Edmonds, who uh, you better know as L.A. and Babyface. Oh, yeah. Babyface is my man, by the way. I love Babyface in the 90s. He is very adorable. Yes. And now I've, I'm old <laughs> enough to get his old stuff, and now I'm like, oh, okay, he was cooler. I still love you, Babyface. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, the deal was uh, where were LA and Babyface's first kind of foot into the music industry. Oh yeah, and uh, they they made some damn good records. So we're going to talk <laughs> they about did. we're going to talk about those today. Um, the deal's first record came out in 1983. It was called Street Beat. Um, it did okay. It, it, it peaked at number 78 in the U.S. Um, and this was produced by Reggie Calloway of Midnight Star. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, we need to do an episode on Callaway. We like, absolutely do. When the Callaway brothers just recorded as Callaway. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a good album. They would like to be rich, is what I they hear. They would, yes. Very much like to be rich. <laughs> They've requested that. So, yeah, um, when you turn on Street Beat, like the first time I heard this, I was like, this is Midnight Star. Mm-hmm. And you realize, then I went and looked in the producer credit and Reggie Callaway. I was like, oh, okay, that makes complete sense now. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you'll hear in these songs. I mean, oh, they're just. Yeah. This is basically a Midnight Star album performed by six Absolutely. other dudes. <laughs> and it's everything I love because, like, you remember when I told you in my year-end thing, I'm on the SiriusXM The Groove channel? Oh, yes. That's literally what we're talking about here. Everything we're going to talk about today is SiriusXM The Groove. Okay. And you can't hate it. Noted. They don't pay us. They don't, uh, but so they should. So the first uh, single we're going to talk about is Surrender. Um, and, I mean, literally, this is just a Midnight Star song. 100%. Um, yes. It, it's... Um, yeah, there's really not much else to yeah. say about it. This is just a Midnight Star song. It's just a dope-ass, funky, <laughs> R&B, kind of synth-poppy thing. and um, That's exactly what Midnight Star is. It is Midnight doing, Star. Except it's other dudes who are not Midnight Star yes. singing it. <laughs> yes. 
So then we get to what I think the deal would kind of mostly be known for, even though it was not the majority of the music they would make. They they kind of I think when people think of the deal, they think of the slow jams. Mm -hmm. So this was the deal's like first slow jam release. It was a single called Just My Luck. Um, This was a number 25 hit on the R&B charts. Um, Absolutely. And I don't I don't really understand the lyrics of this song listening to lyrics again <laughs> that's how many we always have this conversation you know what i'm gonna say okay that's what we do here all right i, I just i just don't want you losing sleep over it i just don't i don't understand it it's like it, i don't I, I don't know i just i don't understand the lyrics of this song and we're just yeah. gonna leave it at that it's just smooth i can't tell if the guy is like just being a, a big old f boy and is just feeling sorry for himself probably or if he is genuinely like sad that this lady is leaving or if he I, I don't know I don't know what's going on I don't understand the angle here I don't know whether to be annoyed with the dude who's singing it or not whatever that's exactly how I feel about most men Max so there you go exactly. I don't know what angle it is I don't care just anymore. my luck is the microcosm of what it is like to be <laughs> yes. a woman yes So I know you're cranking to talk about this one. In the pilot episode of Miami Vice. Yes. And it's so good. It's it's they go to a strip club. I remember this. This is the only thing I remember when I tried to rewatch Miami Vice as an adult and I'm like, ugh. It's called Body Talk, by the way. Body talk. talk, Body talk. It's very good. It's so good. And they're in a strip club at the beginning of the episode of all Miami Vice. Number one thing. They go to a strip club and there's like lots of cocaine because Miami. Yep. And uh Here's body talk, and you're like, this is going to be the coolest show I've ever seen. <laughs> and that's as cool as it got. Didn't really help them on the charts, though. This only no. peaked at number 77, which is kind of weird because I guess Miami Vice really hadn't become the cultural phenom yet um, for no. music at, no. in season one. But like Miami Vice got known for propelling songs way up the charts absolutely into and its think, run so i'm not sure what happened here i, I guess people just didn't care about this one what's interesting too because i actually hear this song a lot like on like 80s radio stations like mm-hmm. mainstream stations that play 80s radio but i never really realized until we started researching this show they didn't really get much mainstream chart play it was all r&b no charts, yeah which is very strange to me because i think that they get replayed on a lot of older stations in ways that they weren't necessarily we've kind of talked about this before like this is definitely an era when charts were still very segregated absolutely yes and you had like you know the black music charts and the everything else you know it's it's it was very very segregated Mm -hmm. and um record industry uh executives did not see the value in they thought that like if a record was made for a black audience that nobody else would care about it and of course we've learned since then that that is obviously completely one million percent not true Uh But for whatever reason, yeah, artists like The Deal would come out and they would just get marketed to R&B stations. Yeah, it's interesting. And maybe it came from where they came from. You know, they weren't the L.A.-based kind of right. people. They weren't right, like, exactly. Quincy Jones produced. And, and remember, and you know, this stuff, is yeah. way pre-internet. So the radio is how you found out about music. Mm-hmm. So if you weren't listening to an R&B station, you probably wouldn't even know that they existed at this time. Yeah. It's just very strange to think about inter- this, that era. It's very, very glad we don't live in that era anymore. Thank God, yeah. Jam this party out, make your body sweat and shout. A visual sex machine. 
second album was 1985's Material Things. Um, and this time, uh, no help from Midnight Star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you can tell. L.A. LA Reid took over the producer duties on this one. And uh, you can definitely hear the shift in sound. Absolutely. Mostly. I say that because this first wow. one we're going to talk about, the Sweet Nothings, I think is a little bit uh, of a leftover of the, of the Midnight Star sound. But you can definitely hear them coming into their own by this yes, point. Yes, yes. And to me, like, this is kind of more of a forgettable one. Oh, to yes, me. I agree. But it still slaps. It it's does like still slap, those... but yes, it is forgettable. Yes, I'm still dancing to it. I really enjoy how they have the Z at the end. Um, yes. I call this, based on what we're about to talk about, the Z era. Yes, yes, yes. That is... See, we can't just... Yeah, it was, this, it was this very like Super Nintendo, like let's let's misspell everything intentionally kind of era. It definitely adds street cred. Did you not know it that? It was cool when Prince did it. Well, okay. We'll let that go. Just saying. I'll, I'll segue in a minute. Okay, so this is my favorite deal song. It's uh, the title track, Material Things. This, material Things. Excuse me, Material Things. God, can you even read? I, right. <laughs> I can L.A. read, baby. Uh, oh, God. And this song is a jam. It is absolutely good. To me, it sounds like a, it sounds like a Prince song to me. It's very Prince-ish. Yeah, the vocals I do get I could 100% good. if someone told sure. me Prince, Prince co-produced that, I would have been like, yeah, I hear it. I don't think Prince would have ever done something this straight up like electro breakdance. But no. the vocal quality, I definitely, I hear what yeah, you're talking I, about. Yeah, I definitely hear it. Uh, another This song is like three minutes longer than it needs to be, but, oh, but like, well, of course. that's fine. It's Yeah, I've heard worse songs like, that were three to <laughs> seven minutes longer than they needed to be, so it's... Indeed. Mm-hmm. And again, we kind of dip our toe a little bit back into the Midnight Star sound here for this one. Suspicious. Yes, um, I, I like it. You're I, so suspicious, baby. I'm suspicious of why they didn't stick with the Z thing and make it Zuzbizhuz. Oh, that's a good point. I really or, thought they had Or a, even just on the end, like it could have been yes. a suspicious, like with a couple of Zs. It would have been good. We could have had a theme. It's okay. We can't <laughs> rewrite history. But just keep that in mind if you are doing this, if you're making an album. Yes. Don't miss this if opportunity. If you're making a deal cover album. <laughs> do not miss Go ahead and take that artistic liberty. Get rid of all of your S's in all the songs and make them Z's. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it doesn't, 
it doesn't go as hard as I wanted to dance wise, but it's good enough. For no, me. and it's, see, really that, that's it. kind of the disappointment to me with Suspicious and Back with Sweet Nothings. Also, I do. I feel like they're they're just sort of missing their bottom end just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not as badly as as some things that we're going to talk oh, about no, no, in our no. next episode. But <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that there's just some little piece missing of this, but I think Material Things gets it all the way. And, oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. And you'll see when we get to the next album here in a moment, I think that they kind of connect a little bit oh, better. Yeah. I didn't know what to do or what to say. The room looked kind of rough. Oh. When I looked down outside, I realized she'd been rambling in my stuff. You better watch it, baby. So uh, the deal's best-selling uh, album and best-charting album, Eyes of a Stranger, came out in November of 1987. Um, Babyface joins L.A. for a producer credit on this one. So now we finally have the dream team together mm-hmm. of L.A. and Babyface, who, of course, would dominate R&B music for the next 10, 15 years yes, after this. Yes, they absolutely would. And uh, the lead single is the deal's biggest hit. This was a top 10 hit, a number 10 song in the U.S. It's called Two Occasions. Which is crazy to me. If you would have said before, because I never looked at all the charts, which one of these was a top 10 hit? I would have been like, uh, clearly not this one. Yeah, right. Also, I love the video for this. It is the most cheesy, stereotypical, like, it is. 80s R&B video. It like, totally if you made is. one on, like, SNL right now, it would look like this. And you know what? It's funny that you say that because I... um. With two occasions, uh, the same thing, like I've known this song for 20 years or whatever, how long, you know, whenever I started diving into music from this era, it's just one of those that's that pops up pretty quickly when you're Mm -hmm. like, hey, charted 80s 80s music that people forgot about, like the deal, two occasions. And the first time I listened to it, I'm like, I only think of you on two occasions, that's day and night. I'm like, roll my eyes. Okay, that's cheesy. (laughs) Move on. But I don't know, like going back and prepping for this episode, I, I, you know, listened to this song several times. I was like watching live videos of it. And, like, it started to click, and I was like, okay, I get it. I think I understand now why people were super into this song. Yeah. It does have some really, really nice production to it. I think L.A. and Babyface did a great job with the production on this track. And, you know, the vocals land, and it's just a it's just a sweet song. I mean, yeah. as, as stupid as that hook lyric is, I mean, sorry, it is stupid. It's it's still, it's a very pretty song. It's yeah, a cute song. Yeah, I really like it. I mean, like, it's not really my cup of tea. It's not the stuff that I go home loving, but I see it, I guess. I guess. major complaint with this song okay can you dance can hyphen you letter hyphen dance yes can we make this dancier why isn't it dancier if so oh that's your complaint i thought you were going to complain about the dashes no i'm fine with that so the title is dashed can dash you dash dance and to me if somebody's about to play this song they're gonna be like it's the deal with a song called (laughs) can you dance i'm like oh i think i can but they're not letting me. <laughs> really? It's not dancey enough for me. Like, I was okay. expecting to go hard. Don't name it that. I, so, and don't go as hard as you can. So, first of all, the title. You know how you have very long wanted to open a, a club <laughs> called The Tattoo Detective? Absolutely. I would like to open one called Can You Dance? 
Isn't that a great name <laughs> for a club? A good, yes. That is a good one. <laughs> um, and well, as far as the song, though, I mean, the sound is almost reminiscent of the time. It it it, it kind of gets into it's, it's funny because you brought Prince up earlier. But honestly, that's and that's important because I think when I go like it's a Prince produced thing, I think that or earlier one, the um, material things that sounds to me like a time song. It would okay. be like necessarily like sure. Prince co-produced. Yeah, I'll give you that. It does sound like a, a time. Yeah, song. I don't. This this one just it, it felt like the time to me, and I I like it. I can totally dance to this. Oh, I so, can. I so just want to go harder. Can you dance? We have split yeah. the room here. Deal. I have a yes. Danielle has a yeah. No. I guess, but like I'd like to dance differently. definitely the strangest thing we've talked about on this show in a while i don't believe this guy's story um <laughs> so this, this, this last track from this album that we're going to talk about is called shoot 'em up movies and i already if you're not going uh okay then i don't know what to tell you but this was a number 10 hit on the r&b charts um it's, it's it was a slow week that week. I don't understand this at all. So yeah, this dude is talking literally about how he met his woman at the shoot 'em up movies. And if you're thinking, what's a shoot 'em up movie? Uh they're talking about old westerns. Uh-huh. That's in the lyrics. He's and really stoked to go to an old western movie. Yeah. A lot of dudes <sighs> hanging out at old westerns in the mid eighties, I guess. <laughs> Was that a thing to show old westerns I don't at like no. local video. art house theaters? Because that's talk? so Yes, this video. Okay. So the video is like <laughs> Western night at a local art house theater, and <laughs> the dudes from the deal are hanging out there. But, like, right at the beginning, there's chunky white man in the lobby yelling for more butter on his popcorn. There's just, there's a lot going and on here. And the chick's like, Sorry, I don't have any butter. And he's like, Give him my money back. And so she, like, gives him his money back, and they're all cranky about it. And then the dude comes over, here comes the deal, and they're like, Hey, leave her alone. And then, like, he's like, I don't want any trouble. Like, oh, God, black guys are coming to get yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. What I got. <laughs> Instantly, white dude is just like, ah, black guys. I know. It's just like. <laughs> the era. Bas- <laughs> and, but it's before cell phones, so like, we did not immediately if, call 911. If this was a white band, this would have been racist as shit. But I feel like <laughs> so- I feel like this was the deal totally, like, mocking, like, <laughs> hyper hyper white racism. Yeah, <laughs> so, no. So, like, it's, it's really kind of funny to look at it through that really lens. It really is, yeah. And it was, you know, luckily we are. This was not in the cell phone era, so nobody got. <laughs> someone had nine one one immediately. Yeah, basically. Yeah, this is, this is how things got resolved back in. Yeah, definitely, this happened was. in California and not Texas, because I feel <laughs> so like in Texas, the dude, like the song "Shoot 'Em Up" movies. You know, no dude going to an art house theater in Texas to a shoot 'em up movie isn't packing. That's all That's I'm saying. That's very true. Yeah. As far as the song itself, it's just it's another uh, slow jam. Absolutely. Which, again, I still feel like is in the minority of the music they make, yet it's still the stuff that did the best for them, Absolutely. clearly. Which because, is... again, this was another top 10 hit for them on the R&B chart, but still a yes. top 10 hit. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, she was in my arms as I brought that curtain down. Oh, I met my baby at the baby gotcha. Shoot 'em up 
So L.A. and Babyface leave the deal after the promotion cycle for this album, which was 1989. Yes, they were already quite busy at this Mm -hmm. time. Um, I feel like the first artist that they were producing for, I totally did not look this up, so somebody can call me out on this if they want, but I think it was Pebbles. That was about to say Pebbles because, the first I would think of. Yeah, because... Pebbles would have been, what, 87, 88? 87 was her first when record, right? When did she right. marry Ellie Reed? She I don't married. know. I don't know when they got married, but I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. sure she was, like, their first production client. And then, of course, like, they, they just took off from there and skyrocketed mm-hmm. and started writing and producing for a honking crap ton of people. A honking crap ton. <laughs> but w- this is not their story anymore because we're talking about the deal today, baby. And mm-hmm. the deal persisted. The deal persisted without L.A. and Babyface, if you mm-hmm. can believe that. And um, also without Stick and K.O., they left as well. Um, but D and Satin stuck around and they released one more record as the deal in 1993. And it was called An Invitation to Love. Which is just so sweet. It is very sweet. And you think, oh, this is going to be more R&B slow jams. You are wrong. It's a bunch of like New Jack Swing. It's New Jack Swing. It's early 90s. You're New Jack Swinging. So uh, we're going to talk about one track from from, from this uh, record. It's called Imagination. And it is a straight up new New Jack Swing jam it's, it's just like you had like a New Jack Swing generator. I can't call it. And you, put in, you I, put in some lyrics that you might want in there. And here comes imagination. I it just pops out of the I can't generator. call New Jack Swing music. I cannot refer to it as jams. I always have to call them jam-a-lams or jam-a-lam-a-ding-dongs. <laughs> because I feel like whenever you talk about New Jack Swing, you just you have to add that extra beat in there. It's it is like a, it demands it. It's quite the jam-a-lam-a-ding-dong. It is you a jam-a-lam-a-ding-dong. Correct, yes. Sir. If you love New Jack Swing music. This album is 100% for you. Yeah. And that creates ecstasy. Let's fall in love, just you and me. Now don't worry, babe. I got what you need. Imagination. Imagination. When you dream of me, it's gonna be alright with you. So the deal sort of faded out after that, um, but then regrouped uh, in the MySpace era in 2007 and KO and Stick, the two guys who were not Alaire Babyface and who had not stuck in the group, came back and they reformed. And I think they released like some Christmas music. I tried to find some of it and I couldn't find any of it. Whatever. No, I saw that too. Um, But the entire deal did get back together one time when L.A. Reid was being honored on BET in 2016. The entire deal got back together and performed two occasions on stage, and it's really cool. And uh, that is going to be linked in the website mm-hmm. for this episode. Um, they sounded great. Loved the live instrumentation. Because remember, like, this is the era, too, when, when R&B groups... Th- I feel like it got lost in the 90s that R&B groups, like, played their own instruments. Oh, yeah. These guys, and especially if you watch some of the the older videos, especially, like, shoot 'em up movies, the scenes with them singing in shoot 'em up movies, they have that that um, presence of like a 1950s R&B group when it was just like five dudes and one microphone singing like that's kind of their presentation but like they played their instruments too and and so it was cool for the 2016 clip when they reunited to like actually watch all of that um, to to watch them perform two occasions like as a live song and it works great and it sounds awesome it's pretty cool yeah I, I think that those those bands are long gone like that in the 80s. Of course, that, that was the thing, too, about going to the Cincinnati route was because a lot of them grew up um, working in Bootsy Collins' band. Oh. Bootsy Collins, if you are a Cincinnati person, 
All he does is just show up at Skylines and sign things. And I did be not crazy. know that. Bootsy Collins, he's everywhere. Bootsy Collins is a Cincinnati he's, guy? Yes, he's I a Cincinnati guy. I did not know guy. that. And I, when I lived there, it was just constantly be like, oh, Bootsy Collins is at this Skyline <laughs> yelling crazy things and signing stuff. It was, that oh, was man. like, like I knew who he was it based on that before I knew It makes perfect sense Bootsy Collins music. is hanging out at a Skyline <laughs> Chili. It makes perfect sense. Sometimes Gold Star. You know, okay. You, he he does not like to discriminate, but yeah, that's how I found out who Bootsy Collins was before I knew he had anything to do with music. Absolutely, I was like hilarious. he's just that crazy guy in weird hats that yells at the chili places. Anyway, so I think that that kind of is where that all came from, and that's pretty cool. I think that's part of that. Well, that was our retrospective on the deal. Hope you enjoyed that. It was a deal. It was a deal. We had a deal. And the deal for you is that you can listen to all of our old episodes on our website if you would like to. That is offbeattrackscast.com. Yes, and you can tweet at us. We are Twitter user at offbeattracks. Yes. Please tell us your favorite deal song. I always say that and like nobody ever does tell. I'm like, I want to hear a favorite song. Nobody ever tweets to us about yes. that specifically. This time yeah. I mean it. Tell me what your favorite deal you song is. You better. We're going to find you. And That's show you what the deal is. Threatening I'm sorry. Our, <laughs> sorry. Threatening I have no listeners. power in the real world. This is all I can do. Oh, all right. I'm we'll a s- podcast troll. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. We'll see you next Bye. time.